welcome back to Gemini Placements. This is not an astrology podcast. This is just our last two brain cells giving you the manifesto for the new world. <laughs> I love it. You like that? I wrote, I wrote that on the toilet. <laughs> That's where all my best thinking happens. The other night, actually, when we, cause we've been talking about recording this episode, I like got really baked and was lying in bed, like trying to like plan jokes. <laughs> like as if I'm some kind of actual comedian I'm like yeah yeah I'll just like just like write some stuff out I'll like prep or whatever right and I just started going down this fucking stoner rabbit hole of jokes and then being like but Sam you're not gonna remember any of this in the morning okay but now you're gonna remember that you're not gonna remember so then you can have a joke about that okay cool but are you actually gonna and then it just like it kept it just kept going. It started getting really meta. And I was like, you know what, Sam, I think it's time you just like did some breathing exercises and pass out. <laughs> and that is how we know that we have entered Gemini season. <laughs> uh, welcome back, everybody. We took another little hiatus, um, much needed because we were miserable and losing our shit. At least I'm speaking for myself. I'm speaking for both of us. Yeah, you are. It's fine. <laughs> it, it applies to us both. Um, I think it's, you know, it's been a challenging time. We are both still unemployed going into month seven uh, of lockdown. And even though we just had an announcement yesterday, it was a little bit grim. It was kind of like, oh, we're going to reopen. But what they're really saying is we're shut down for longer. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't even bother looking into the announcement. Rebecca sent us a thing in our staff chat that was like, it looks like maybe sometime between the 5th and the 12th of July, we might be going back to work. And that was all I took from it. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, cause as far as I'm concerned, I'm like, we're, I'm just still locked down forever until I'm back at work. I just feel like I'm in a lockdown. I never like gauge it based off of like what other things are reopening for some reason. (laughs) But let me tell you, I'm about to take up golf because apparently that's going to reopen on June 2nd and there's a driving range on Cherry Street and I could use the activity of hitting a ball as hard as I can and trying to send it as far away as possible. Yo, yo, dog. How about, how do you feel about you, me, putting, mushrooms? Yo, I'm so down. Wait, but does putting, is putting open? Is it putting different than like golf? Don't you fucking putt in golf? I don't know. How does it? What do you do with like putting? Is with putting, don't you have to have like windmills and like all all these like distractions and like, isn't it basically like an obstacle course golf? I just want to play golf with you on mushrooms. I don't know these fucking fancy fucking (laughs) Canada's terms. Sorry. (laughs) I mean, it's all the same if we're on mushrooms. <laughs> I'll putt. I'll putt your face off. I'm down. No, I'm down. You know, we're just going to beat each other with, what are the, what are the golf sticks called? Clubs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. You know, it's going to be a good time. It's going to yeah. be a good time. I, uh, I'm ready. I'm ready to putt, homie, because it's fucking, it's boring. It's been a tough time. I mean, I know you've, you've been up to some shit. I've been struggling to be honest because we've been under a stay-at-home order. A very well, everyone's out and about. Just small businesses are closed and being fucked. But that aside, 
it's been a whole lot of nothing going on and a lot of can't go anywhere. And I am stuck in my apartment all day. And for anybody that doesn't know, I live in a very like high construction part of the city, like the epicenter of all the construction going on. And my building is currently uh, having a condo built next door and attached to it. So they have began uh, demolition about two months ago, maybe three months ago. I don't know. I've been dissociating for a while. Um, <laughs> but they basically started uh, drilling and doing demolition inside the actual building. And they got to my floor and the noise was like so unbearable. It's finally gone down, but it got to a point where uh, Dave and I were wearing like construction earbuds you know, 50 decibel uh, noise canceling headphones and the walls were still vibrating and you could hear it. And there was a loud hammering um, that went on for months and months, plus like dust and stuff like that. So I just got to a point where I was like functioning on a very kind of like basic organism level. <laughs> Cause at that point you can't think too much, like you can't do too much. So your body kind of starts to shut down and go into like a depression um, cause it's just trying to conserve brain power and energy for the moments where you're not in fight or flight because of all the noise. So that's why, you know, anybody that's like our clients are going to be listening. Why well, I haven't been that active on, um, like my hair Instagram or just producing content or anything like that. Haven't been like super social. Cause I've just kind of been existing. So it's, it, it's an experience. It's an experience. I think I know what an egg feels like before it's going to hatch. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I mean, like, I don't love that for you, but like, I love that analogy of like, you're just like in a, it's like a cocoon or something. Right. I mean, and in that sense, then I hope that when that egg cracks or that cocoon breaks, you know, you do become this like whole new entity and it's beautiful and exciting, but you know, we'll, we'll, see. we'll see what happens. We'll see. I'm feeling yeah. it. I'm trying to make the most of it. I'm like, you know, I, I feel like that's my coping mechanism for anything. I'm like, we're building character, babes. We're building character. <laughs> right? So I am just, I am just so resilient now. Oh my God. Yeah. I hope to never be called that word again. Yeah, fair. Same. But you know what? Fuck it. It's Gemini season. It's spring. The weather's really nice. Well, it's summer now, actually. I don't fucking know what time of year it is anymore. Summer summer technically doesn't start until like June 21st, I believe. It's nice out. So it's time to, you know, soak up that vitamin D and get emotionally based, fam. We got to fucking <laughs> get our shit together. Gemini season is the best season. If I, you know, my unbi my totally unbiased opinion of the seasons. I, I enjoy it. And I felt the shift. We were going to record an episode yesterday, but we had some technical difficulties because uh, we're about to hit a Mercury retrograde and a bunch of other retrogrades, but stay tuned for that. But we were, you know, but I, I had the afternoon free because we were going to record. And then I just ended up like cleaning my whole fucking apartment, like listening to tunes. And I just like felt this lightness because I feel like Taurus season, I mean, no offense to any Tauruses, we love you, but it, it's a bit of a heavier season. It, the sun really struggles in that position. And also it's just a time to like wind down and kind of be a little bit lazy and, um, you know, a little bit self-indulgent. Yeah. They kind of refer to Tauruses as like the sleepy Taurus sometimes, right. Where it's like very chill for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's a time to kind of ground yourself and like 
during tourist season, we tend to like overeat, like nap a lot, like take a lot of baths, just be kind of like a little, a little bit slower and a little bit lazier, more sluggish sometimes. So when we go into that, like super manic Mercury Gemini energy, it's a big, big shift. So if you're feeling a little bit hyper, that's why welcome. Hey, we got you. So tell us about these retrogrades because I only just realized like a couple days ago that we that that a bunch of retrogrades and eclipses were upon us and I know you know a little bit more about it than I do so Ooh, child. give us the DL. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's there's a lot going on and I looked into it and this is before anybody's like, oh, it's the apocalypse. This is normal. Summer is like a normal time for for retrogrades um, and the planets that are retrograding are the more slower moving ones. So that's why they're quite long. Um, and they're going to overlap each other. So before I get into it, I kind of just want to remind everybody that like a lot of people think a retrograde is bad. Everything's going to go wrong. It's not necessarily about bad or difficult, although there are aspects of difficulty in it. It's more about challenge. It's more about things kind of poking and prodding us to, um, to improve ourselves, to like realize our fucking authentic self and all that shit. It's, it's the celestial kind of going, come on, but let's, let's stop the smooth sailing, make things a little bit more difficult so you can work on stuff. So right now we are already in a retrograde because Pluto began, began its retrograde on the 27th of April and it's going until October 6th. So a long long and and pluto is so far away and it moves so slow so because it's so far away we're not going to feel it as intense as like a mercury retrograde which mercury is so close to the sun right and it moves so quickly so with the pluto retrograde we're dealing with with pluto shit you know taboos sexuality stuff that inheritances uh, things that are associated with Scorpio, with the eighth house, uh, death, rebirth, transformation. So a lot of that is going to be coming up. It's going to be lessons in basically it, it, it's the kickoff. I, I think of these retrogrades as like a transformation period, like a transformation sequence. So this is the first one to just kick off that energy. That's kind of how I'm thinking about it. So that's the first one. So it's going to go on for quite a while. Um, and then we are right about to go into a Saturn retrograde on the 23rd of May. So today we're recording on the 21st. Uh, so two more days. Saturn is in uh, Aquarius right now. Actually, before I get into that, Pluto is in Capricorn. Um, uh, the Pluto retrograde is happening in Capricorn and Capricorn has to do with like institution governments and rules. And like, so that's going to affect that retrograde as well. So we're going to be having a lot of feelings towards like institutions. Uh, sound familiar? <laughs> I, mean, I, was say, I feel like we've all been having feelings about institutions on a like micro and macro level for a long time. Exactly. Paying attention to the news on like a global scale right now. Everybody's kind of like X nay. On yeah, the and it makes sense because we're like entering the age of Aquarius, and um, you know it's all about Uranus and uh, and Saturn right now. They're kind of they're joining each other. They're kind of leading the the sky right now, um, and that's why we are seeing you know these big political changes and movements and things like that, <laughs> and pl- plenty of other reasons. But uh, Saturn, sa- sorry, back to Saturn. It's retrograding on the twenty third. Saturn's in Aquarius right now. Saturn is all about, again, boundaries, institutions. It's also about karma. 
karmic balancing. Okay. Um, so that's what's going to come up in the Saturn retrograde, which is an Aquarius. And Aquarius in itself is revolutionary. It's the rebel with a cause. So it's going to fuel that even more. And again, there's that Saturn, uh, Uranus, Aquarius, Capricorn energy fighting each other. So through that, it's going to be a lot of karmic rebalancing, a lot of paying dues, maybe things coming up that we've done wrong, that we've kind of fucked up or people we've wronged. Um, we're not going to be able to hide from that anymore. We're going to have to kind of face it. So it's going to be... It's not looking forward a- to that. <laughs> yeah. So on an individual level, that's really unpleasant. But if we think of ourselves as, you know, a collective consciousness, when we think about some people that really are awaiting their karmic dues it might not be such a bad thing. So every time, you know, think of it this way, anytime anything from your past comes to bite you in the ass, think about, you know, and you're like a normal person, you know, maybe done a few people dirty, maybe you've cheated, lied, whatever. Think of like some real motherfuckers on this planet, you know what I mean? And what they're going to get and what that retrograde is going to give them. So that's kind of the comfort for that one. Um, Coming for you, Bezos. (laughs) For real, right? Like, think of it this way. Anytime you cry because you did an ex dirty, Jeff Bezos gets like fucking insane diarrhea. (laughs) (laughs) His bowels get disrupted. Just think of it that way. So, uh, and then in less than a week of that, on May 29th, we are going to fully go into a Mercury retrograde in Gemini, which is Mercury's home sign very very appropriate and uh, that's going to go on for almost a month the retro it's a quick retrograde uh unlike the saturn one which will go on until october 11th so it's gonna yeah pluto saturn are gonna overlap so you're gonna be feeling a lot of that at the same time uh mercury is gonna you know the mercury retrograde is just gonna fucking whiz by until june 21st and mostly because it's happening in Gemini, it's really the the true meaning of Mercury, which is the messenger, all about communication. Because we're retrograding, think of it this way: edit, 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 edit. Think about what you're saying. Reread your texts, reread your emails, especially work emails. If you're writing a, a long text to somebody, you're telling somebody off in a fucking paragraph. Maybe shorten it. Maybe take a few things out. There's going to be a lot of overthinking, a lot of gossip. So something you know and and gemini is known for gossip (laughs) that's why we have this podcast just call me out why don't you (laughs) i'm here to roast but you know guys it's really important i think to just remember like i think you can gossip for fun you know keep it within people who can handle that but um yeah like there's a time and a place for everything right and like you have to know your audience you have to know and and like also like think about why you're saying these things like are you just saying things to say things because you're trying to fill an empty void of time or do you actually need to share this information with somebody I only say things to fill a void of time personally (laughs) (laughs) I mean all we're doing at this point is trying to fill the void of time that's born I was born to fill the void of time but yeah guys just make sure your gossip is not malicious and that you're not spreading misinformation uh on a global level and this conjoined with all the other retrogrades I would also uh mention fact checking and if you're sharing stuff on social media or anything like that just make sure it's legit and not fucking bullshit you know what I mean have some responsibility for the information we share which I'm sure Sam (laughs) has a lot to talk about 
Um, I was going to say, does this mean this retrograde is going to come hard for Kate? <laughs> oh, Katie, baby. We, we got some gossip for you, so stay tuned. Yeah, yeah. As, Speaking as, of- as- as we're saying, don't gossip. We're like, but wait till we tell you about the team. <laughs> Listen, I am here to be a spirit guide, not to guide myself spiritually. Why the fuck would I want that? I, I'd rather, you know, learn all my morality from infographics and people's Insta stories when I'm high. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> uh, just right before the Mercury retrograde will end on June 21st. It's going to get piggybacked by a Jupiter retrograde on June 20th, which is going to go on for quite a while. Jupiter's a a slow guy, surprisingly. And Jupiter's in Pisces. It just entered Pisces. It's going to retrograde from June 20th till October 18th. And Jupiter is the planet of growth, of happiness, philosophy, like individual fulfillment and optimism. And it's in Pisces, which is like a very dreamy, emotional sign. And because it's retrograding, I think we're going to be coming to terms with things that are like very kind of like matters of spirit more so than matters of the brain or, you know, the heart, like things that are really, really above there. So if you find yourself in that time period, really thinking about a lot of spiritual metaphysical shit about individual growth, about unconditional love, that's that that's that retrograde energy so it's not necessarily a bad one Jupiter's like a very positive planet for us it's just more we might have challenges come up that really prompt those thoughts in us so so keep going higher like keep you know just keep ascending it's I think that's kind of the segue and around that time we are going to have some eclipses as well so that's going to propel us into the Jupiter retrograde and the last one is going to be a new uh, a Neptune retrograde on June 25th So five fucking retrogrades, guys. June 25th until December 10th. This is a really long one. And Neptune is at home in Pisces, right? That's its ruling planet. And Neptune is like a very dreamy planet. I always say this, but it's like not very rooted in reality. It's so far away. It's so water-like. And it's a planet of escape, often dreams, but also like removing yourself from reality. So drugs, uh, hypnosis, like things to do with the subconscious, things not really rooted in the tangible world. So we can kind of see this retrograde as an unmasking of all of that. So you can look at it in two ways. You can look at it as like unmasking in terms of seeing the bullshit in this world that's kind of given to us to pacify us during these difficult times. And also just looking at your own unhealthy coping mechanisms and behaviors and things that you picked up along the way that may no longer be serving you or may actually be harming you and others. So that's going to be the last one. Um, And in between that on May 26th, we're going to have a lunar eclipse in Sagittarius. Um, So usually like eclipses are a good time for change, but this lunar eclipse is more about tying up loose ends. Okay. And it's happening in Sagittarius. Sagittarius is known for like being blunt and for just, you know, and we'll get into that, but uh, Sagittarius, (laughs) right? Like no fucking filter whatsoever. So this is a time where you might want to speak your truth and just close it shut. Like say what you say and just fucking say it. Um, and use that energy in between all of the retrogrades to kind of like close some chapters because on June 10th, we're going to have a solar eclipse in Gemini. And that's Are we going to be able to see it? 
I'm not sure. I don't know. I haven't really, um, I haven't really looked into that, but I hope so. I hope I'll look it up while you explain it. Maybe we can build one of those things that are like toilet paper. (laughs) Just reminds me of that time that Donald Trump looked directly into the solar. (laughs) And he still got to, he still got to keep his eyeballs. How unfortunate. Uh, It's going to be all about changes and propelling forward. So right before we have those two final retrogrades, we're going to have some solar eclipse energy, at least to, to give us some strength to keep going. Cause this is a look, right. This is going to bring up a lot of like shadow work, a lot of healing and a lot of, um, I think a lot of difficult times to be honest, but necessary ones. Right. So buckle the fuck up fam. So it looks like the solar eclipse will be visible for us. However, it's saying, so I'm on the U- U- uh, University of Toronto's website. They're talking about it. It says the eclipse will be visible early in the morning on June 10th, 2021. The exact timing depends on your location. In Toronto, mm. the eclipse will already be in progress when the sun rises at 5.35 a.m. and will reach its maximum extent at 5.40 a.m. It will end at 6.38 a.m. So for most of our listeners, you're going to have to get up early if you want to see it. Yeah. And for our listeners who are in places like Alberta, you might not see it at all. Yeah. And I'm going to leave you to find it out that for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know nothing about no telescope book learning. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, I'm just a regular fortune teller, Papa. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Speaking of fortune tellers, can you please tell everybody about your psychic friend? Oh, wow. What a good segue that I didn't even intend. (laughs) You have to just step back and appreciate yourself sometimes when no one else will. (laughs) I always appreciate you. Oh, thanks, baby. I appreciate you too. So uh, fam, I've been bored. I've had a lot of free time and got to a point where I using my hair Instagram was just too depressing because everyone working but me, you know, I follow all these people in the States and they're fucking killing it anyway so I started using my personal Instagram again and I follow so many like new age esoteric astrology fucking hippy dippy accounts so I guess the algorithm picked that up and was bored enough to go into like my random messages folder and I got a message from someone named crystal psychic and uh, who was claiming to be picture was like a middle-aged you know white woman from Uh, who claimed to be from Florida, and they uh, proceeded to inform me that there was a curse put upon me, and uh, that that my ancestors are not happy with me, and that they needed to do a ritual to relieve that of me, and I, you know, I was born enough to, like, keep fucking (laughs) with this person, and, like, keep responding, and at first I was, like, playing dumb, I was like, oh, what a terrible curse, who could have put this on me, and they're like, oh, it was a horrible witch, La, 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 la. Yeah, like and, when uh, you were a child and shit, right? Like, yeah. And uh, I, I, I posted all the screenshots of my Insta stories. Maybe I'll share them in the Gemini placement stories if you guys want. Yes, yes. It's quite a lot, but basically, at first, I was just kind of playing dumb and chit chatting and trying to figure out: is this? I, I, whenever I get these accounts, I'm like, is it a bot? Is it a real person? Is it a scammer? Like, I'm always curious to see who's behind it. So. Uh, I kept talking to Crystal over the course of, I think, like three or four days. And on day three, things really took a turn because 
you know, I was kind of playing dumb and, and, they, and she kept saying, oh, I need money for these materials to do this ritual for you. I need you to PayPal me $100. I was like, okay, so this is a scammer. I want to find out where they are anyway. But before they weren't get, uh, disclosing that information, they were like really offended by me asking, you know, saying the word scam. And then I just kind of got stoned and started telling them that I'm like an evil, powerful wizard and that I'm going to cast a spell on them unless they send me money. And they went along with it. <laughs> that was, it was great it was so great they were like oh they actually like at first seemed kind of afraid too <laughs> and then and then I was like oh wait no I think you're now both just trolling each other like I think this it was is like a battle of the trolls it was a trolling moment because this scammer then just started going along with it because I said, oh, I cast this diarrhea spell on you and your bowels are going to explode. I, I have a thing for people shitting themselves. Like before anyone points it out, I already know. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's my greatest fear. You know, I mean, because it, it, it could literally happen at any moment for, you know, for unknown reasons. And then you've just and then you've shit yourself. And then what are you going to do? I hate that that can happen so much, but that's what I was trying to curse Crystal with. And they went along with it. They were like, oh my God, I'm running to the toilet right now. What have you done to me? And we like, it turned into like this weird DM role play of me <laughs> casting spells on this scammer. <laughs> and it just kept going. And then. And then I basically, I don't know, I kind of broke the fourth wall and I was like, are you in India? Like, where are you, scammer? And they started typing a few things in a different language to me. So I like Googled it and figured out that they were in Nigeria. So I was like, oh, where in Nigeria are you? And I like, and I was like, look, I'm not going to send you any money, but like, I think you're funny. We should be friends. <laughs> And I was like, I'm not going to PayPal you any money, but I'm pretty cool. So we should chill. Yeah, I think I think the way we should pay each other is through friendship. Right. And my Nigerian friend was like, yeah, OK, I'm cool, too. I smoke a lot of weed. I was like, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> so that was an instant bond. And then we started chit chatting. And he was telling, you know, and he sent me, he sent me selfies. So you realized he was not a white woman in Florida. No, he was like a 20 year old Nigerian dude. He was like showing me pictures of splits. He rolled guys fucking Nigerian weed looks rough. I was about to make him a GoFundMe. <laughs> yeah. like, is there just like a direct weed PayPal? <laughs> Let me just Real. send you our shit. I know because he was like oh send me a picture of your weed and I was like oh man I better like show him my shake jar not my actual weed he's gonna fucking want to scam me hard then yeah um but yeah we were having such a good time showing each other weed and talking about smoking weed and um Nigeria <laughs> and then he ghosted me what he ghosted yeah he ghosted me and uh yeah so yeah his account is gone he's just gone I wonder if somebody, he actually successfully scammed somebody else and they reported his account and that's what happened. That's what I think. Cause I, I didn't report him. I respect that hustle. You know, he was saying, fucking, there's no money. There's no jobs in Nigeria. I'm like, I'm not going to fucking tell you what to do. I was like, you know, a part of me was like, you know, this just shows what kind of person I am. Cause I was like, I should teach him like real, you know, shit so they can scam better. I should teach him like a little bit of tarot, a little bit. And then I was like, 
I don't think my ancestors would appreciate that, but I'm like, but maybe his ancestors would appreciate things to be watching over him and be, you know, our ancestors. I don't even believe in ancestors, but he made me believe. And then he ghosted me. Yeah. I'm healing. Well, his ancestors will make him pay for that. Right. Yeah. And you know, I feel like that's karmic karmic retribution for all the people I've ghosted in my life. Cause now I, I feel I feel the sting. I'm a little bit hurt. I've been ghosted by my Nigerian friend and by a personal trainer a few years ago. It's hard. <laughs> it's really hard. Sorry, dude. It's okay. I've ghosted people that I was in relationships with for years, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> just one day you're like, you know what? I know it's been like five years, but I just don't feel like talking to you ever again. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly like that. <laughs> Can't talk right now doing hot girl shit. <laughs> Sorry, doing Aquarius woman shit. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Funny. So that, yeah, so that's that. That happened. That, that was exciting for a few days, you know, kept me going. Uh, everyone was invested. And then aside from that, these two pigeons have made a nest on my balcony and laid two eggs. I'm watching them build their beautiful family. And then, but yesterday, two other pigeons came to my, <laughs> this is the last, <laughs> that's right. Oh my God. Incredible. <laughs> And they're trying to lay a fucking egg on my, on the other side of my balcony. Yeah. Maybe it was like their friends told them, they're like, oh, this is a really nice real estate, a, you know, good opportunity. You're not going to get bothered too much. Like, No. And they're, they're like, you get hot boxed all day. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So now these other pigeons are trying to build a nest. I can't have four fucking baby pigeons on my balcony. Like I cannot handle that much bird feces. So <laughs> we're trying to deter one of the couples away, but, you know, comfort the other couple. So they're, they feel safe with us. Cause we don't want them to abandon their baby, but pigeons all fucking look the same. So <laughs> I'm like, we, we've been really studying them and being like, Oh, one has like a white patch around his eye. That's the bad pigeon. We got to get that one <laughs> off the balcony, but Mary and Joseph are, you know, they're more plump. Joseph's very dark. <laughs> I love that you named them too. Oh my God. <laughs> so um, Fuck yeah, I'm the town of Bethlehem. Mary and Joseph are here on my balcony. Yeah, so that's me. Uh, Nigerian scammers, pigeons, and dissociation. Yes, the dissociation is so real. The amount of, like, the other day, somebody, where was I? I also never know where I am anymore. Somebody was approaching me who knew me. I can't even, this is it. I can't even remember who I'm even talking about anymore. Somebody was like approaching me recently and I had like disassociated or like zoned out so hard that like they basically were right in front of me before I even realized who they were or that they had even approached me because like I was just like off in la la land for so long. And I just, and that it just keeps happening and it just keeps getting worse. And my, my memory is like absolute garbage now. And then I was like, I should talk to my therapist about how terrible my memory is. And then did I remember to bring that up? No, no. I know it's clearly some kind of a trauma response that my brain is just like, no, we're just going to black out most of what's going on so that you don't have to work on processing so many things. <laughs> I, um, I decided to start reading my therapist, my poetry from my Google Docs because I can no longer express myself in any other way. And I don't think she's that fond of like based memes because she's in her <laughs> 70s. Oh my God. 
And then I had to like backtrack, be like, no, 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 no. I'm like, no, 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 Valerie, no, 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 no. I'm just gone. No, don't worry. No, it's all good. So my advice to anybody, if hyperbole is your first language, go for your second language. (laughs) Oh my God. So funny. Um, Speaking of chaos, I had a very chaotic night about a week ago. I was on my way to a park, an outdoor setting, whatever, and uh, got a call from Scorpio Man. And he was like, "Uh, Milo got out. And Milo, for anyone who doesn't know, is one of my cats. Both of my cats are indoor cats, um, always have been, always will be. Um, However, they do get to go outside when they're on their leashes. So Milo, uh, because he is a wild one, likes to also sit at the front door to the apartment uh, and look for a crime of opportunity to like book it. And so that's what happened on Saturday night. Um, The door into the apartment is also really messed up. You can't open it easily combination of factors he gets out uh i get a call so i come running back home and immediately i just go straight into panic mode because you know we all know me and i'm an anxious mess um so i like walk straight into the apartment i grab a bag of temptations and i just start pacing up and down the street and i'm just shaking this bag of temptations and calling milo's name and the longer i'm doing this for the more worked up i'm getting and the more panic is setting in because there's a set of go train tracks just north of the house. There's coyotes everywhere. There are raccoons everywhere. There are other neighborhood cats everywhere. There are cars everywhere. And Milo is a black cat. And it was like 10 o'clock at night. So um, as I'm pacing up and down the street, I'm just thinking of all the different ways he can be killed. (laughs) And so I start to become hysterical (laughs) and I'm bawling my eyes out and I'm calling his name and there's and like also like looking back I'm like there's no way he would have come to my to me calling him because of how hysterical I must have sound like it was I was a mess and I'm like walking up and down the street shaking this bag he's not on the street that we live on so I go to another street and I'm walking up and down that street and there's like all these people sitting outside their houses and they're all like are you okay because I'm like bawling I'm like bawling and calling Milo's name they're like are you okay and I was like have you seen my cat and they're like what does he look like I'm like he's black that's it that's the only description I have I'm like he's big and black and they're like I'm sorry I haven't seen your cat and then this like little kid comes out of nowhere they're like I saw a black cat and then like points to like some long-haired black cat that's like running towards me because I'm shaking a bag of temptations treats oh damn it like thank you but that's not my cat and that's why like people are like we'll keep an eye out like keep walking up and down the street shaking this bag of temptations I end up looking like the fucking pie piper or something like all of these fucking neighborhood cats just start coming out of nowhere and they're all following me because I'm just shaking a bag of temptations as I'm walking down the street sobbing I'm just like Milo and then like pulling a couple treats out and like handing them to the other cats and being like I can't give them all to you I need to save some and like keep walking like so dramatic at one point I'm like back on the main street we live on and I'm so overwhelmed by like the sadness and fear and I just like drop to my knees in the middle of the road and I'm just like uncontrollably bawling my eyes out and this fucking Uber driver pulls up and he's just like, um, are, are you okay? And I was like, I lost my cat. And he was like, 
what does he look like? And I was like, he's big and black. His name is Milo. And the guy's like, oh, okay, I'm just about to drop off a ride. So like there's people in his back seat. It's like, I'm just about to drop these people off. Like I'll do a loop and look for him. And I'm like, thank you. Like drives Aww. away and he comes back. He's like, I didn't see him. I'm like, thank you for looking. Like just so fucking ridiculous. So I, I had been on my way to have like an outdoor get together with a couple girlfriends and uh, I text them and I'm like, I'm, I can't come Milo's runaway. And they both know that I'm obsessed with this cat. So they're like, okay, we're on our way. We're going to help you find him. So I've at this point, it's been at least 45 minutes, if not close to an hour and they show up. And one of them is allergic to cats doesn't ever want anything to do with my cats. And they always just like, especially Maggie, like the moment that my girlfriend, Brittany walks in through the door, Maggie's just like, yo, what's up? Like cats, cats always like people who don't like cats because they don't make any sudden movements around them. They don't get excited. Yeah. Yeah, And they don't approach them either. Right. So the cat's like, Oh, I get to exactly. Um, so anyway, so I'm like at the end of the street, like running around like a crazy person and just like screaming Milo's name. And then I just hear them yell my name. They're like, we got him. So I like come running down the street. And Brittany was like, yeah, I just said his name a couple times. And then he just came out from that car over there. And I was like, he did what? (laughs) So like that motherfucker had just been like posted up under a car or like on somebody's stoop, just watching me, just watching me the whole time. I was like, you fucker, you absolute fucker. Like I can't. And then like the whole next day, I still could not calm myself down. Like I was, I continued to be anxious for probably another solid two days. I was like, even though he's in my home and I know he's safe, I'm still like very elevated right now. (laughs) It was, it was too much. Oh my God. That's fucked up. I, I, I've, had those moments where shitty got out and yeah it's it's such a freak out like how do you calm down milo's a prick man he's bad (laughs) he's bad to the bone but the funny and the funny part though is that like like he knows it and so he knows i think he knows when he's like pushed it because then the next morning all he did was like like as soon as i woke up he just appeared beside me in bed and then he just like cuddled up to me and just like lay on me with like all of his weight and his heat and just like purred into my ears for like an hour straight. And I was like, you fucker, you know exactly when you've done something wrong. And then you know exactly how to like get me to forgive you. He's such a narcissist. <laughs> Love, he loves to gaslight. Yeah, he does. Gaslights the fuck out of me. He um. does. <laughs> One of our friends was like, Oh, I miss them when you guys used to record in the same place because you'd always like laugh over each other and talk over each other so much. But with Zoom, if we um, talk or laugh over too much, it makes this gargling noise that I have to edit out. So that's why you don't hear us like screaming at each other as much. Um, So I thought that was actually better, but I guess you guys missed the OG uh, us screaming over each other. So I'm sure we'll be back to that in, in fucking no time. And by no time, I mean years. (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean it's definitely it's been an interesting process of like teaching myself how to like wait my turn to talk (laughs) which is hilarious because like I also I get I get really really frustrated when people interrupt me I think it's just 
I think it's mainly just like an ADHD thing where I'm like, if you interrupt me, I'm going to forget what I was saying. And then I'm not going to be able to finish my sentence. And that's going to really bother me because I'll just be like, oh, I, were we talking? Were we having a conversation? Everything's gone, left my brain. It's all gone out the window. It's over. I mean, all you got to do is just tangent, tangent, <laughs> tangent, tangent. Speaking of tangent, what's the next tangent? Are we going to talk about Kate Dissociates? I want you to. Okay, let's do it. Let's go for it. Um, all right. So in all of my boredom, I somehow stumbled across an Instagram account that has now devoted all of their, like every waking moment of their life to posting things on their account to try to call out a specific group of people that are based in Toronto, Montreal, and then a few different states. So the account is for anybody who doesn't know, because I've also messaged a couple people about this account to be like, check out this fucking shit show that's happening. Anya being one of them. Um, the hey. account is called Kate Disassociates. It was, it's funny actually like try like trying to like figure out exactly what happened at what time to like make this happen because it, it really just felt like an explosion. It came out of nowhere. All of a sudden, all these people were being uh, accused of being alt-right pastel QAnon members. And so for anybody who doesn't know what pastel QAnon means, it means basically a theory, conspiracy. There's a, a, a apparently some kind of attempt that's being attempt that's being made through QAnon uh, to target people who exist in like the wellness spaces online and, and mainly target uh, women and uh, the queer community and that sort of thing to get them to join QAnon. And the way they do that is by creating pastel infographics um, because that's what people on Instagram love to eat up. And so that's why it's been called pastel QAnon. And They're the foot soldiers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's it, right? Like I started following it at first because I was like, I'm, I, I was concerned and I wanted to know because I was following some of these accounts that were being accused of this. And I was like, oh shit, like if I'm following accounts of abusers, like I want to know. Um, and then it was really, really, really confusing for like two or three weeks because Kate would make these posts about how these people in Montreal, uh, Jay and Clementine, were uh, part are part of um, QAnon and that they are fascists and um, that they are rapists and rape apologists and all these things. But she so she would make these claims um, and then people would ask for proof and she would just say, "Don't worry, the receipts are coming." And but and she would just keep saying that over and over again. And and the receipts never came. And no. that went on for, for weeks. And then, sorry, their attempt at explaining why all these other groups. So you, you have people like uh, Lindsay Lockett getting uh, brought in. Kenzie Brenna was getting accused. Um, for anybody who doesn't know who Kenzie Brenna is, um, she is an extremely popular plus size model or influencer. And she does a lot of like body, po- like her, basically her whole, her whole thing is like body positivity and like, being true to yourself, but like also, you know, keeping an open mind about different things and this, that, whatever. So Kenzie Brenna was getting, got accused. Um, and then Laura Hesp got accused. Yeah. Uh, and wellness therapist. She was really coming hard for the wellness therapist, right? Ozzy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. She, the wellness therapist and hex activist. And yeah. it got really complicated with the wellness therapist and hex activist because hex activist 
was saying, you know, please stop doxing me because I, I'm basically like, she, I think what was going on with hex activists in, in her real personal life um, is in some kind of protective custody sort of thing um, or protection program because she's been in abusive relationships. So she doesn't use a, um, an image. I don't, she doesn't use like the profile picture on Instagram. Like it's not of her. It's just of a cartoon. And she doesn't have her real name associated with it and stuff. And I guess Kate started finding out like little bits and pieces of personal information about hex activists and posting it online. And this, which is called doxing. Exactly. And, and this woman was like, please don't do this. Like you're, you're jeopardizing my life and my children's lives. And then Kate turned around like a couple days later and was like, I don't dox. I've never doxed. I would never do that. That's so violent. Um, uh, I never made these posts. And and at this point now I've started taking screenshots of things that Kate does. Not that I'm ever going to, not that I'm ever actually going to get involved in this shit. Can they, what is the word I'm looking for? Well, they're, they're basically, they're contradictory. They contradict themselves all the time. Thank you. Oh my God. That was so hard. Um, so she, they contradict themselves all the time by doing one thing. And then when they get called out for it, being turning around and being like, I never did that. And it's like, well, everybody else has those receipts um, and we're still waiting on yours. And then the, re- the receipt things, it seemed like it started to turn into just posting screenshots of Wikipedia pages and then like underlying specific letters. And, uh, and the, the wellness therapist was another one where the wellness therapist was like, I'm an undocumented immigrant. Please stop like posting shit about where I live and my name and all this shit. Like you're hurting me, but you're also hurting like my family because now everybody is, has to be on edge about this. And then again, Kate turned around and was like, I never doxed her this, that, and the next thing. Um, and it, it really, it just like, it kept evolving it and it became very obsessive. Uh, Kate started making claims that they had to run away from New York to Australia because, uh, they were being stalked by all these people and specifically gang stalking shit. It's turned into gang stalking shit. Yeah, right? like, like, all these people were stalking them. And then it got to the point where Kate was claiming that Concordia university was stalking them, which was very hard for me to wrap my head is very hard for me to wrap my head around because I'm just like, I don't understand how you can feel so self-important that an entire like post-secondary education place is, it's going to give enough of a shit to like keep an eye on you when you live on another part of the globe. Like if you're in Australia now, I, I feel like everybody's kind of like, okay, bye. Like that's what, and that's what it seemed like everybody was trying to do. They're like, okay, like you live in Australia, like, oh, be in Australia, whatever. And I remember messaging you at one point because Kate made this post where they listed all of these accounts that were pastel QAnon people. And Laura Hesp was in that. And I feel like probably there's quite a few people who might listen to this podcast who who know who Laura Hesp is, whether you like her or not, that's a totally different, it's a totally different episode for another day. But I, I messaged you and I messaged uh, my sister and I was like, oh shit, shit is about to go down because Kate had made the post tagging Laura Hesp as a pastel QAnon member. And it was like 1130 at night. And I was like, Laura's, Laura's fucking, you know, baked out of her skull and she's not going to see this until the morning. So like, I can't wait to tune into Laura's stories tomorrow. Sure enough, Laura was like, cool. So in that attempt of me trying to explain that, like, I'm a leftist yesterday, but that I don't align myself exactly with like the movement of the left, 
I've now been labeled a QAnon foot soldier. And so I've never heard the term foot soldier. I've learned so many terms through this whole thing. And like still to this day, it keeps going. There's now like a second account that's called Zerbals 37, which everybody is like 99% sure that it's Kate because, because also just the whole way that the Zerbals account posts things is identical to the way that Kate posts things. It's the, it's the underlined letters that aren't adding up in the Wikipedia posts. And it's like, it's just this like barrage of just constantly reposting posts from the page as stories and things like that. And, and it's very like that meme of Charlie day when he's like tweaking and he's like got the conspiracy theory. He's got like the maps with the lines everywhere. Like that's what it feels yep. like, but there's no answers. Like it's constantly just let me try to grasp at straws to connect like specific words that somebody uses in a post to link them to being part of some kind of fascist regime. And it's, you know, I definitely on multiple occasions have been like, I am concerned for this person's mental health. Like they're very obviously having a severe crisis. They're not like, where are the people that are, should be messaging them and being like, Hey, are you okay? Let's talk about this. Then in the last week or so, maybe last two weeks, I guess a few different meme accounts that Kate knows had started messaging her being like, Hey, I can see that you're clearly going through something right now. Do you want to talk? I'm worried about you. I understand that you're in pain, but this is not, you're not going about this the right way. And then Kate turned around and was like posting screenshots of all of these DM conversations, thinking that it was going to help their argument that like all these people are fascists. And like, then it was like, you know, possum kratom 69 and gender sauce and all of these like, very leftist meme accounts that were reaching out being like, are you okay? You're all, you're all fascists. You're all QAnon. You're all this, that. And it's very like this very black and white. It's like, you're either with me or you're against me. There's no in between. And it's, you know, worrisome to see in some ways, but I mean, at the same time, I don't know this person. So I'm, I'm constantly, you know, with no job coming back to those accounts to be like, okay, what's going on today? What are we linking to whatever? And yeah, if anyone's bored, I mean, you could check, check it out. You'll, it's a never ending. It's a rabbit hole. It is. It is a rabbit hole. It's like, I'm hearing about people that like literally I've never heard of in my life in that same breath being like, oh, I'm just supposed to assume that this person is exactly what Kate is saying. And, and they continue to still not give any true evidence. Like the only True evidence I feel like I've seen throughout this whole thing is when she reposts Insta lives from another person's account where they're talking about their personal experiences with one of the people that Kate is trying to cancel. And then it's like, okay, but then you're just sharing somebody else's story. None of this is related to you. And you keep making all these claims. And like, honestly, it goes so deep. It like, it like, it gets racist. It gets, you know, all kinds of fucking weird shit there one person that she came for is a autistic trans man and oh my god uh, and i'm just like i don't think you're doing what you think i don't think you're accomplishing what you think you're accomplishing like this person is talking about the world through their own lens and like how can you possibly as a white woman and i know if she were to they were to ever hear that I just called them a white woman, they would lose it because as of a year ago, they decided to identify as Puerto Rican, but they are white passing, like, like so white passing, like it's 
and very femme passing as well. Like, yeah, and like, and not not that you have to be to no. not have to be to be non-binary, but like, if Kate walked by us on the street, you'd be like, "Oh, that's a white girl that shops at Aritzia." Yeah, they are I, half Irish, half Puerto Rican, from what I understand. And they made some posts recently where they're like, "You know, I, I just never." identified with my Puerto Rican heritage before, but like now I'm coming into it and whatever. And I'm like, that's fucking great. Cool. I, I'm really happy for you that, you know, you've, you've come to this, like this like point feeling okay, okay with yourself and like making peace with yourself or, or whatever it is that's happening. However, you can't two days later turn around and be like, all these white girls wearing hoop earrings need to get canceled because that's what she started doing. She started attacking girls who were wearing like very simple thin hoop earrings and she was like this is cultural appropriation i'm puerto rican da 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 and i'm like bro three days ago you would never have told anybody you were puerto rican and now you're trying to cancel a bunch of people who look just like you because you can wear hoop earrings but they can't i was just like this is that's gatekeeping baby yeah right i was like i understand cultural appropriation and i do when it when it happens i understand the problems around it and i understand that like the people who have committed the act of cultural appropriation should have to learn why what they did was wrong and then figure out a way to make amends to whatever community they've harmed but there comes a point in time where like people have to just take a deep breath and and be like eyeliner isn't inherently racist to asian people like the the like it just like there's so many things that are just like yeah, like you it's said, it's just much. gatekeeping and it's just Well, this is a perfect example and and the eyeliner thing and and every and the hoops and the Kate's entire episode. It's just really showing the detriment of social media and how easily we enable each other through it and create echo chambers. We have a whole episode on that, so we won't go too into that, but you can really see it with Kate because, you know, she's obviously yes, very mentally ill and affected by trauma. Um, I don't know their exact diagnosis. I also struggle with uh, pronouns, so I apologize. They're going to go back and forth. But they they do struggle with their mental health, and it's obvious. But you really see it on social media. And what you also see Kate doing constantly is posting screenshots of people agreeing with them or being like, thank you for bringing this to my attention, right? Like constantly, these screenshots are popping up in, in their Insta stories. So they're constantly being enabled and searching deeper and deeper. And on top of that, we're living in a post-truth society where everyone has the fucking internet. You know, all these fucking Instagram infographics are flying around and none of us have the attention span to even fully read the headline of an article, never mind the whole article, never mind the fucking Google Scholar articles that that's based on. You know, we, we've reduced everything to like one shareable fucking garbage thing on Instagram that, that means nothing. You know, there's pattern recognition, there's confirmation bias. Uh, so this person is being further encouraged to have this episode because there are so many of these like super leftist accounts that are also dealing with their own mental health and they're like sparking this fire within each other um, to dox other people, to go after other people, to scapegoat other people. 
And it's just, you know, it's just like an- being uh, anti-vaxxing, anti-whatever. Like it's the same shit where you, it's just that black and white thinking, which is very common in mental illness. You really see like people getting together and encouraging each other. And that's kind of, that's kind of the, the dark side of, of social media and the internet, right? It's like, it can be very validating to know somebody with the same mental illness as you. And you can talk about, you know, your trials and tribulations and thing you deal with, you feel seen and you feel heard, but being mentally ill means that your head is not always fucking right. And if you only associate with other people whose heads aren't always fucking right and all of your heads are wrong at the same time and you're all enabling each other, this is what happens. Then you convince somebody that they need to run away to Australia because Concordia universities coming for them. Yeah. Yeah. Stalking them. Right. And then tying it all together with like cultural appropriation and stuff like that. I, uh, same as you Sam. like, I totally understand it, but there comes a time where, yeah, it turns into gatekeeping. Like that post I sent you as a feminist account, we were both following. I-, I know for a fact that this account is run by very, very young women, like 18, 19 years old, not saying that they're not intelligent, but these are really young women. And there was a post, it was a series of screenshots from a Twitter and it was an Asian woman's Twitter, but uh, I know that most of the people that run that account are uh, white or white passing femme passing, whatever. And you know, the post was saying it was talking about Asian fishing and it was like, you know, Asian fishing is terrible, promotes violence towards the Asian community. Uh, it over sexualizes Asian women, especially in like cosplay uh, and like anime sexualized spaces and things like that. So that was valid. But then this person further went on to talk about what eyeliner is racist and what isn't, you know, they're like wearing wig, winged eyeliner at this angle is appropriation. Inner corner eyeliner is okay. Gluing your eyelashes on, on an angle and filling it in with eyeliner is racist, but wearing it straight across is okay. And I was reading this and I'm like, is this what we're fucking talking about while like Palestine's getting fucking bombed and, you know, like Asians are being killed? Like, are we really discussing eyeliner on Twitter? And then you go into the fucking comments and it's all white girls, right? It's all white girls. And they're like, is my eyeliner okay? Is it okay to do this? And people are arguing. They're like, yeah, it's okay to glue it at an angle and fill it in with white eyeliner because that's just meant to make your eyes look big. But if you do a black eyeliner, that looks Asian. And I'm just like, we're fucking splitting eyelash hairs here. Fast. Yeah. Like, like, this is fucking stupid. And someone was like, you know, I, I'm a goth, wear a lot of eyeliner, like a subculture thing. And the mod goes, well, goth is an apolitical subculture. So that it makes it inherently racist. But I would check Reddit just in case. Oh, my God. I'm like, your 18 year old white ass is telling someone to double check reddit and that goths are racist and then someone else was like goth is a subculture primarily formed by people um you know in the queer community there's a lot of people of color yeah of course there's lots of racist goths there's fucking racist anything and it's literally post-punk so it it is political it's just the music is not political it's about fucking skeletons okay because we all want to fuck a skeleton so (laughs) (laughs) and like you know, important things, but, and they were like, Oh, sorry. You know, that's the information I got from TikTok, and I'm just head desking. I'm like your little references for gatekeeping fucking eyeliner for political reasons are based on Reddit and TikTok, And this is where we're at now. You know, this is where we're at in the fucking revolution, you know, like fucking 
Really? Like Saturn and Uranus are squaring off in the sky for this? Right. For it's this? Like, it, and it's like, it's such cult-like mentality. Like they go on and on about like how the right wing, the right wing people are, are culty and QAnon's a cult and all this shit. And it's like, how do you not see the parallels between the, the the groups you're fighting against and then what you're doing and and when you when you start you know pulling hairs trying to like be the most woke be the most like informed whatever it just like I don't even know how I'm just like let, just let people live just let people live because I I don't understand how eyeliner is even a thing that needs to be discussed like this to me just shows that like you are clearly a baby feminist you are trying really hard to figure out exactly how much, how, how strong you want to be in your feminism to the point that you're now talking about inane shit. Like nobody, this isn't, this isn't important and this doesn't further the movement. And when other people see this, it just pushes them further away from it. So you're actually just doing more harm to the feminist movement than you are doing good. And like, this is why people also just like are rejecting that label because like, like I was saying in one of our other episodes is I fully, I'm like, I don't know if I, like, I agree with feminism to a degree, but at this point, I'm like, I don't know if I put that label on me because it just doesn't make sense anymore with the way I'm seeing it transpire in online spaces. I, yeah, I, you know, what's happening with online spaces right now, like we've, we've been spending a lot of time online, way too much time on Instagram. We're giving you the fucking digest here, but like, there's too many fucking words. Everyone knows way too many buzzwords and they're way too eager to use them at any moment to look cool and fucking woke and to like earn some accolades. You know, it's like if you're a fucking nerd, you learn a new word, you get excited to use it. Right. You're like, I want to use that shit in a sentence. I want to be all loquacious and shit. And that's what I'm seeing with these really young people on these like super liberal, super feminist accounts. I'm like, you are just fucking dying to gatekeep something you're just dying to you know and and in mental um mental health spaces too i'm like you're just dying to accuse someone of being a narcissist oh my god right the you're just amount of accusations of people being narcissists i'm just like it is out of control it's like there's like six percent of the population in the entire world are narcissists the people that you're interacting with on a daily basis are not narcissists. You just don't like them. They maybe they were an asshole to you, but that doesn't make them a narcissist. Well, I think it's like also I think a lot of us can exhibit narcissistic behavior, but not necessarily be a full-blown narcissist and also someone can be a full-blown narcissist and not necessarily abuse you, right? Like, I think that that word is being thrown around so much and like narcissistic abuse and stuff like it's a little, it's getting a little bit too much where everybody is just throwing it around meaninglessly. And, um, and yeah, it's like your shitty ex, you know, he probably had some or she some childhood issues weren't very good to you but there's like a point where i was like following all these accounts and reading all these infographics and i'm like shit motherfucker some of this stuff applies to me i'm like am i a narcissist like i got to a point where i was like maybe i'm a narcissist i'm like maybe i show narcissistic behavior like maybe i gaslight people maybe you know Dang. stuff like right and it, it it really fucked with my head and i remember i got to a point where i reached this article and it was like 
if you're incessantly checking to see that you're not, if you're a narcissist, you're not a narcissist because they don't fucking care. Well, it's not a big deal to them, but if you're like really concerned about it, you're probably not. So that kind of made me feel better, but like there were just so, there's so much criteria now for someone to be narcissistic no one gets to just be a bad person anymore. All of a sudden it's this full blown like personality disorder. Right. And that's what it is. Narcissistic personality disorder. So not only, not only are we doing a disservice to people who are just shitty and need to work on themselves by writing them off as narcissists, we're also doing, uh, we're doing a disservice to narcissists who have done work on themselves, right. Who don't want to be associated with these shitty people because there are a lot of, there are people who have this personality disorder and they have families and they have, you know, they have nor like normal lives, but they're just different. They're just wired different. And if we're going to go anywhere with mental health awareness, we have to acknowledge the fact that personality disorders fucking exist and we can't just like villainize them and just be like, oh, like obviously, yes, we fall victim to them. You know, here a per Kate's a perfect example of somebody that has not necessarily consciously, but like weaponize their mental illness. Cause now they're affecting so many other people. They're doxing people. People could get fucking deported. Now can their abuser can find out where they live because of them trying to prove this point that their, you know, neuro neurodivergent and trauma traumatically damaged brain has concocted mm -hmm. <laughs> like, you know, that harms other people, but like, so yes, that does happen, but like, we have to understand that like, in order to help those people, we can't just be like, oh, they're evil. Right. Cause like, we have to come from a place of fucking understanding and some exactly. empathy. Yeah. And I just, and I also like to add to your point, I feel like the more we talk shit about narcissists, the less people are going to be interested or willing to go and get a diagnosis of it either so that they can address it properly. Right. Because we've made narcissists this boogeyman nobody wants to become the boogeyman no and and with a, a personality disorder that already has you you know detached from from um the way that you you feel for other people why would you care to to look into it i mean i like i also take it very i also take it personally just because i have borderline personality disorder and they're both considered cluster b personality disorders or whatever cluster b disorders and I just like there, there are, I think a there is some kind of an overlap somehow with them. Um, maybe not like intensely, but I see a lot of, when I see a lot of the like surviving narcissistic abuse, it's not hard to, in the same sort of area, find surviving BPD abuse. And basically anybody who has a cluster B personality disorder just ends up being a boogeyman. And, and so I personally, like when I hear people going off about somebody being a narcissist, I'm like, oh, cool. So you like, you're one of those people that's like, yeah, let's end mental health stigma, but like, let's do it for anxiety and depression. Like, yep. you're like, I, I don't actually care about ending real, ending the stigma around like, act, like disorders that really fuck up people's lives um, because I don't want to deal with it. I, I have no interest in learning about it. I have no interest in knowing people who have it. Um, I think they should all be thrown into a pit and we should never have to deal with them again. Well, here's a hot take as well, because if you go through your whole life labeling everyone that does you wrong, uh, a narcissistic abuser, you don't have to take fucking responsibility for a single thing in your life. You can, that's cruise control, yeah. right? And 
that's like kind of a loaded statement to make. I realize, uh, I don't mean to victim blame or anything like that because there are people who have definitely survived narcissistic abuse and had narcissistic parents being in really fucked up relationships. So please don't get me wrong and say like, I think it's your fault or anything like that. I'm just saying because this is so now diluted on social media, right? Again, it's these fucking infographics that are so easy to share, you know, where it's like, love is this narcissistic love is this like, stuff like that, you know, where you just this, 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 you can read into it and you can convince yourself of fucking anything. So you can very easily convince yourself that anyone that does you wrong falls into those categories. And that, and that person might not be an artist. They could have VPD, right. And they could actually just really fucking need you to help them and understand them because I don't know what I'm saying. I'm not telling people to like stay in abusive relationships or anything like that. I'm just saying we need to question it. Like we need to know more than just fucking Instagram graphics about this stuff. Cause these are really, really, really loaded psychiatric terms, psychological terms that are not that are new to our vernacular. We can't just throw them around because they're loaded words. Yeah. And none of us are fucking professionals. Like did the the amount of people I see throwing these words around who had never even contemplated taking a psychology course. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, you can't, or maybe you took one psychology course and now you think you can just fucking armchair diagnose everybody. And that's enough. That's enough credentials for you. And I just, yeah, exactly. Like you said, I don't think anybody's thinking that you're telling people to stay in abusive relationships, but I, I agree exactly with what you said. Like, you know, people are very, like I think of like certain people I know uh, right now who have like recently accused somebody else I know of being a narcissist. And I'm like, well, actually, no, this person 110% definitely is not a narcissist because I've watched them sacrifice so fucking much for you and me and a bunch of other people. But secondly, like by calling this person, a narcissist, you, like you said, you're absolving yourself of any of the work that you need to do to rebuild the relationship. It's frustrating to watch. And it's, it's something that, you know, I, I think has been on both our minds a lot. And it's funny. Cause I feel like you, you and I are always on similar tangents, but we don't talk about it until we like share one beam and they're like, Oh my God, I've been thinking about this so much. Me too. Blah, 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 blah. And then it's like <laughs> trans- transpires because I, you know, I, um, as someone who has had trauma in their, in their life and I do struggle with PTSD, I have very poor sense of boundaries when it comes to people. I'm a very open person. And throughout my life, I attracted quite a few narcissistic tendencies, people who were, um, abusive and possessive and manipulative that I had very unhealthy relationships with mostly actually friendships. Luckily in my relationships, I haven't suffered that too much. So very, very fortunate, but I have had friendships where they were kind of scary and there's still one that kind of haunts me to this day that I'm no longer friends with this person. I have them blocked, deleted on everything, but every few months they try to reach out and kind of reel me back in. And the language that they use is very manipulative. It's very tugging on my heartstrings there. It it is like textbook narcissist shit, you know, and I cut this person off thinking, uh, okay, they're, they're like, they're the boogeyman, basically. I was scared. And this person did try to do a few kind of fucked up things to me. But through this time, you know, as I've been going through some depressive time, some shadow healing and dealing with stuff, um, this person reached out to me recently and it really triggered me. And I finally had to face 
the parts of me that like invited them in and the parts of me that allowed them to stay the parts of me that introduced them to other people, you know, and, uh, enabled their behavior in social situations. And it was really painful. It was really hard. I'm still going through it. I think that's why I jumped on that so much is like, you can't, you like, you can't just label them the bad person. They did do some bad things, but for my own well-being, the only way to for me to work through that is to understand how our friendship came to be, how we became close, what parts of me, like what parts of me seek parts of them as well. So, you know, I think if you do find yourself in situations where you get overwhelmed by people, you get scared by people, you have to call them like evil, narcissist, boogeyman, like uh, completely you know, ostracize them away from you and everybody around you and just fucking run and block their number. And you're getting that into that situation over and over again. Yes, those people are bad, but there's something not Gucci in there, you know, in your heart, in your mind, there are some parts that are, um, that need to really be addressed. So, you know, get on it, baby through maybe fucking five retrogrades. will sort that out for you. (laughs) Right. It's so true though. Like, you know, when you do take a step back and you, you, you ask yourself those hard questions, like, how did I contribute to this? It's so important because although it's hard in that moment, it's a, it's not something that you need to tell everybody else about, like, like doing stuff like shadow work, doing stuff like, like meeting the parts of yourself that you don't like, is really hard, but it's not like while you're doing it or after you do it, you have to like go to somebody and be like, so these are all the things that I've realized about myself that are shit because a, nobody really wants to have that conversation with you, but but B like, it's just unnecessary. Like this is really just like a very personal thing you can do by yourself with yourself. And then if you need to talk to somebody about it, then obviously you, you know, you find that person, but I don't think people should be scared away from meeting the darker sides of themselves the way that everybody is because all it does in the end is help you to love yourself in in like in your entire in your entirety like in in it becomes a more complete a more whole love for yourself when you're able to recognize the parts of you that do suck and the parts of you that have hurt other people um mm-hmm. it it and then it helps you moving forward not do those same things over again Absolutely. And if you're constantly triggered by the behavior of others, you know, if you're like constantly repulsed by how, so how somebody's treating somebody or just things really set you off, those are parts of you that you need to look at. Obviously call them out too. Nobody should be rude to fucking public workers or anything like that. Like by all means stick up for the little guy. But this is something that I realized certain behaviors in people I would be like, how could they do this? How could they act like that? And I'm like, bitch, it's because you do this too. And you don't like that about yourself. So you're projecting it on other people. And because we have social media, because we all have a voice now, we all have access to the internet. We all have the soapbox. So if we don't address these parts of us privately, internally, we're going to do it externally from our soapbox and we're going to project it onto fucking everybody else. And we're going to get huge blowouts you know, that are, that are beyond Instagram drama, that are beyond television. I'm talking wars. I'm talking real bad shit because that's all the nasty, icky parts of us 
that we're not willing to acknowledge and we all really, 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 really have to. Like that's, I think, been my biggest lesson of this lockdown. I think with lockdown one, I, I was more about just kind of healing like physically and resting and just trying to get into the groove of being at home so much. This lockdown, I just, I went, into the fucking dark, but I had to, like, there are just things that I was avoiding by working, by being super social, by being available to things that I should have just be like, you know what? I'm busy. I should just stay home and fucking cry and deal with the fact that I'm a loser sometimes, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you because I do the same thing. Like sometimes I just lie in bed and cry and I'm like, why do I suck so much? But it's something that I realized, um, as you know, a fellow air sign, and uh, I think I think uh, hopefully it's good advice during uh, Gemini season, which is a very cerebral season, is that if you're like me and you constantly try to intellectualize your emotions, you're giving them so much more power sometimes that they don't need. And I'm not saying like, don't think about how you feel. What I'm saying is like, sometimes I'll, I'll get this like icky feeling where I have like a self doubt or I have... Um, I don't know, I'm angry or whatever. And I'm like, and I try to think about it too much. I'm like, how can we deal with this? How can we move forward? How can we, what is this about? What caused it? How do we avoid it in the future? And sometimes I read somewhere like an emotion lasts like 30 seconds and then it's out of your system. So if you just kind of let yourself, you know, just be angry for like 30 seconds, a minute, and just be like, fuck, that's so fucking annoying. I'm so mad at you. Like, oh, you never you always leave dishes around like whatever as opposed to just like going into your head then you're giving it life you know then it's like living in your head for sometimes days weeks months and it's it's building up so sometimes it is important to just kind of feel something like that sadness whereas before I'd be like why am I sad okay maybe if I exercise maybe if I do this maybe if I whatever and now I'm just like fuck bitch you're sad just fucking cry man there's lots to be sad about look at this world just be sad it's okay and that's so much easier said than done but I think it's a really important practice because I like one of my therapists so one of my therapists once said to me I I was like triggered in a in an appointment at one point and uh she was like where are you feeling your trigger and let's just like, you know, where physically in your body, are you feeling it? Are you feeling it in your legs? Are you feeling it in your chest? Is it in your head? And then like, what is that feeling? It's this like level of body awareness that like helped ground me essentially. So I don't know if that's kind of what you mean, but I I've found that because I like, I try to do that pretty often nowadays when I'm, when I'm like, I I just (laughs) keep using the term elevated, but like when I'm having a hard, hard time regulating my emotions, I try to just check in with what's happening physically. I'm like, oh, like my anxiety is kicking in. So my whole body is shaking. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe that means I need to just go for a walk to get rid of that energy. Or like if I'm past the point of no return where it's like, I'm not going for a walk because I'm going to punch the first person I see on the street. Um, one thing I learned in uh, in di- dialectical behavioral therapy was something called TIP. And I can't remember what they all stand for, but the, the T stands for temperature. And what it means is when you experience a very extreme and very fast temperature change, it can help your body like, calm down essentially, because now it's focused 
on this extreme temperature that it's experiencing out of nowhere, as opposed to whatever's happening in your brain. So there were many times when I first learned it, that as soon as I would start feeling elevated, I'd grab ice cubes and I would just hold them in my hands until they melted and it would be painful, but it, it took my mind off of it. And now a lot of the time, what I'll do is if I'm feeling extremely anxious and worked up, I'll take a shower because I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm doing something, but I'm also like having a moment to calm down. There's this hot water falling on me, which is helping me relax my body. And it just kind of helps me level out as well. I think that feelings, they are a very physical thing. And when we can acknowledge the physicalness of it, like you said, like you said, we, we can take ourselves away from like the overthinking and the rabbit hole of just sitting there and stewing in our thoughts about, about our feelings. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's, that's a great, um, that's a great tip for the temperature change. I'm going to try that. I feel like I kind of subconsciously do that, but I'm going to do it more consciously because it it is a mindfulness practice. Right. And it's like, it's like a radical mindfulness practice. Cause let's be honest, if you struggle with CPTSD, PTSD, BPD, um, lots of other personality disorders or mental health issues, your mindfulness doesn't always fucking work. Cause like your mind is a hot mess express and you have entirely disconnected from your body. Right. Like I struggle with dissociation, but also with um, derealization, depersonalization. So, you know, I was doing daily meditation for a really long time and I've actually stopped recently. I'm not telling other people to stop (laughs) by any means. It's very good for you. But I realized that I had to stop meditating because I was still doing everything so cerebrally. It was just another mental exercise for me. And what's more important for me right now is to actually feel things a bit more physically more kind of emotionally. So kind of more from like my heart center and my gut, as opposed to my head, my head is a whole other story, but like, I got to kind of dwell in the lower realms. Like I got to come back down a little bit and just release all that shit. So I just, I had to stop for a while because like certain mindfulness exercises, I was just like, no, they're not working for me because of the way my brain and body are wired right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't always work for everybody. Mindfulness, um, at certain stages of their healing, I think, I don't want to give anybody advice. This is just like a personal anecdote, but if every, you know, if every time you try to do a mindfulness exercise, it feels like a fucking chore and it's like the, it's got a negative outcome. Maybe there's other things you need to focus on. That's what I'm realizing. And once I'm done with this shit, I'll move on to something else, but you can very easily use meditation as escape as well. Right. And yeah. use it as another way to dissociate, which I realized I did for like a year and a half. So <laughs> yeah, that. Like most of the time when I meditate, I end up falling asleep. So I would definitely end up using meditation as an escape. Cause I'd be like, this is just a fast track to a three hour nap. <laughs> Yeah, for me, it was like I was doing it, but I was thinking so much and I wanted to like meditate the best. Like it was kind of competitive and it was just not what it was. And then I like went through a full blown Zen Buddhist meditation phase. And, you know, I had to I had to just put a little stop to everything. Just be like, you know what? These are matter of the spirit. These are matters of the spirits, which is higher. Right. That's higher than your your gut that's higher than your heart, that's higher than your mind, that's above there. And everything below it is such a fucking burning mess. You know, it's the same as fucking Elon Musk building shit on Mars while the earth is on fire, me meditating, like I got to come back (laughs) down and 
you know, deal with my ass first, like deal with my, you know, body issues and all this other bullshit that we all got to do. So not that you can't do that simultaneously, but personally, I couldn't is what I'm trying to say. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what an episode. I think maybe we can wrap it up with a little bit of advice for the next five retrogrades. Yeah. Uh, if anybody is seeking some guidance, I was writing these out and I definitely took some advice for myself that I'm going to need. Um, and Sam, please, uh, please share your wisdoms as I go through these. But, uh, you know, as we are already in one of, in one retrograde and Pluto retrograde, just to kick things off, all that transformation that's going to happen within us. I think we're all at some point through these next few months going to have to face our shadow and parts of ourselves that we don't like, just because there's going to be so many challenges that come up. Right. And it's just such a challenging time that we may not act from our best self. Uh, so I kind of just want to go through each sign and talk about the shadow of each sign. So nobody get uppity. We, there's another episode where we talk about each sign and all the positive things and all the care, you know, characteristics of them. So you can, you know, so definitely there are obviously many, many positive traits and amazing traits to each sign, but this is more just the, the icky, icky parts of each one. Um, so I'm going to go through all of them and keep in mind your big three. Right. So not just your sun sign, but also your rising and your moon. So you actually get like three pieces of advice if they're all different or if your moon and rising is the same as mine, too. Uh, but maybe more intense advice and uh, especially pay attention to your moon sign because the moon is tied to our shadow, to our subconscious, you know, and the moon, uh, like we often uh, in astrology like to blame our moon sign for causing shit because it'll just do stuff that is very uncharacteristic of our sun sign. So just be mindful of that as I go through them. But see, these are the shadows of the Zodiac. And let's see if you agree, Sam. First one is Aries. So you're an Aries rising. Yeah. Uh, and the shadow of Aries is very impulsive, argumentative, aggressive, selfish, and very focused on winning. Who, me? <laughs> I'm not aggressive. No, never. I would never. I did not rip a beer can out of a man's hand earlier this week and throw it onto the subway track because he was pissing me off. No, I did not. Oh, she really did, though. (laughs) She really did. She scared me. But, um, (laughs) you know, so, so yeah, these are some things you might have to, some behaviors you might have to face in yourself, Sam, and other Aries or people that have a lot of Aries in your chart, even if it's not in your big three, but you have a lot of other planets in Aries, this might come up for you. So Taurus. Uh, materialistic, resistant to change, and just very stubborn and sometimes sluggish to to get things done. So um, you might need a little fire under your ass in some situations. You might need to look into how you hold on to more tangible things when it's time to let go of them. These are the things you might be facing. Gemini! You know, every fucking astrology blog had tons of shit to talk about Gemini's, but I think the most, in my opinion, and please correct me because you are, I'm just the Gemini whisperer. You are the house Gemini here, but the shadow of Gemini is inconsistent, impatient, and because Gemini is a natural uh, storyteller, they can often uh, gossip and fib and uh, stretch the truth a little bit, maybe over-exaggerate, you know, things can get kind of lost. <laughs> I've never over-exaggerated anything in my life. 
<laughs> they're definitely not liars. Yeah. yeah very honest. You know, we're just <laughs> not going to finish that. <laughs> um, and then we go into cancer. So I'm a cancer rising and moon. So I could really feel this where the shadow of cancer is moodiness, being stuck in the past, being manipulative and overgiving and smothering. So it's a very kind of maternal nurturing element and cancers often can just overdo it with that and then be all me emo about it after. It's um, funny, actually, I've been like seeing some memes recently where people have been like, it's not the cancer suns that we should be concerned about. It's the cancer moons because they're oh. the ones who are the, the sad bitches. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I also have a cancer moon. And I was like, yeah, that we're then. You know, you and I both, sad bitches. <laughs> it really gives you that sad bitch edge that no one else can get, even if they try. That cancer <laughs> moon vibe. Yeah, absolutely. Leo, uh, the shadow of Leo is just too much focus on pride and ego, um, throwing temper tantrums when they don't get things that they want, constant need for attention and bossiness, having things done their way. Um, and, and, living with a Leo for many, (laughs) many years. I can tell you that it's a very different from like, um, it's very different from like how a Virgo would want things done their way because they're like a perfectionist. They're very meticulous for a Leo. It's, it's because they know they're fucking right. Like deep, so deep. Like I have never been so sure of anything in my life when a Leo is sure that they're fucking right. (laughs) <laughs> well, they're right. They're right. So something I mean, that might usually be, though, but if they're right, right they're, they're right. And it's what's crazy in my marriage is that I'm always right. <laughs> and <my husband. laughs> um, so yeah. yeah and I, then we go, well, I, I, like, I had, I dated a Leo for a while and I could count on one hand, the amount of apologies and like admitting that he had done something wrong. I could count it on one hand. Like, I was like, you, you just literally, it's like, it's your way. And even if there's like ample evidence to prove that your way is wrong, it still doesn't matter. That's when the temper tantrums start. That's when there's just, I'll just add one more thing with Leo's like, you, you can't fucking tell them nothing. Okay. Just one example, right? Like I'm East European and we live in Canada where we're fucking civilized and we don't wear shoes in the house. My husband comes from Ireland where I don't know why people were always fucking wear shoes in the house. We <laughs> have lived to, we have lived together for 10 years and that motherfucker is still wearing his shoes in the house. That's all <laughs> I'll tell you. It's less frequent now, but it's at least daily. I find the fucker with shoes on. You never know when you're going to have to just run out of the house, just run like full tilt. Don't have time to put shoes on. You just need to be ready at all times. I one day just want to record all the conversation. And like, I'm always right. Like facts are facts. You've got to take them off. It's gross, but no, anyway, uh, (laughs) enough of that Virgo, the shadow of Virgo is being overly critical and Virgos are known for being perfectionists. And it's because Virgos are so focused on details and discernment 
which is a, like, it can be a very positive thing, but what can happen is it can cause them to overly scrutinize themselves and all of their insecurities and then project them onto other people by overly criticizing them and making them live up to unrealistic standards that they impose on themselves. So for Virgos to do shadow work, I think you have to really turn inward and like really forgive, 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 forgive yourself like over and over like 5,000 times a day um, and watch when you go after other people because it's, it's the internal shit. Yeah. Um, Libra, the shadow of Libra, Libra is the relationship sign. So Libras are very predisposed to becoming codependent for losing themselves in a relationship, getting into a relationship and like enmeshing with the person till they lose their personality and stop advocating for themselves and their needs, um, which can build a lot of resent and stuff like that. So that might be, you know, something worth looking at, definitely. Um, and then we get to Scorpio. Just thinking about the Libra moon that I know right now, who's definitely going to listen to this episode. And it's just going to be like, motherfucker, you guys, you don't know anything. That's not true. Are they going to, are <laughs> they going to myself deny- my relationship? Yeah, exactly. Uh, denial is a river, baby. <laughs> denial <laughs> is a river. Well, you know, if the lady doth protest too much and then we go into Scorpio and I mean, Scorpio literally fucking governs the shadow realm and all things dark and taboo. So it's a lot of things, but the main shadow and Sam's dating a Scorpio. So let's see what she'll, uh, what examples she'll have after I just roasted my husband (laughs) wearing his dirty Scorpios. (laughs) None. No, we've never voiced one ever, (laughs) but uh scorp the shadow of scorpio is jealousy um possessiveness uh manipulation and overusing their sexuality to get what they want interesting i can't, <laughs> I can't say that like i can't say that that's exactly my experience but i can i can see how like just from like knowing things about scorpios that like those would be things that would happen i i love yeah. that i was like sam do you want to tell us if your boyfriend's manipulative and possessive? <laughs> Do you need help? But I, um, I mean, like, I, I guess he up- does get a little bit jealous sometimes. It's like, it's not anything. I wouldn't say it's anything like out of the norm of like how people get jealous though. Right. It's like, we're walking down the street and he sees a guy look at me and he's like, that guy just fucking looked at you. He's like, I'm going to beat him yeah, up. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think Sc- Scorpio's like when like, you're their lady, you know, they're, they're very like once, once. And the thing is like, they also have a lot of trust issues. That's another shadow part. They hold on to her a lot because when you think about it, they're like a, you know, they're like a little desert critter that's holding a ton of poison that they could kill you with, that they get threatened with. Right. So for, and as a water sign, they're very emotional and they're very intuitive. You have somebody that once all those walls are broken down and they finally trust you and you're finally in, you're fucking in. Like, you're not going nowhere. (laughs) Shit is locked. Like shit is locked down. I, I have Scorpio dad. I was in a, my first very serious relationship with, was, uh, was with a Scorpio and had a lot of Scorpios in my life. And as an Aquarius being very kind of flighty and obsessed with freedom, they fucking hate it. Cause the, as soon as you kind of like, are like, I don't know, they're like, where are you going? And it's not always like a manipulative, like an evil thing. You know, this is a really dark shadows, but I think just to elaborate, like, 
if you're a Scorpio, you might experience um, parts of yourself that really want to like cling on yeah. to to people, and it's and it's important to recognize that that comes from a fear of getting hurt again because hurt is so imprinted in you because yeah. water has memory. So that's the tea with the Scorpios um, and Sagittarius. The the shadow of Sagittarius is look. It's also their light because I love this characteristic. I, I, my best friend is a Sagittarius and another really good friend of mine is born on the same day. And, uh, anyway, I I'm a fan, but they're so fucking blunt. They have no filter. They don't sugarcoat anything. And like, they just, they, they're like the opposite of a Libra. Cause you'll have a conversation with a Libra and they'll try to kind of like modify and accommodate what you're saying because they're so, like they're such a good mediator. Whereas a Sagittarius will give you like nine inflammatory opinions in a row and like almost be surprised that you're upset or like, <laughs> yeah. they're like, what do you mean? Um, but this can also lead to a lot of like self-righteousness and over-identifying with like political movements or just like things that are kind of almost too set in stone. Um, not to be restricted by them, but to over-identify them to have that strong opinion. Right. Um, because they're still immutable signs. So they're still impressionable, even though they're so self-assured in how they speak. Um, and a little bit too connected to freedom. Sometimes you got to commit a little bit. So a lot of Sagittarians are known for having commitment issues. Um, so something to, to look at. My husband has a Sagittarius moon, right? Aquarius rising Sagittarius moon, Leo sun. It's a, like, no wonder those fucking shoes are dancing all over my house. Cause you know, motherfucker will say anything, do whatever the fuck he wants, but then like overthink it forever. Right. <laughs> he, is, he is his own worst enemy. He is his own worst enemy. Absolutely. Uh, which goes into again, Aquarius is the next sign and the shadow of Aquarius is, Wait, isn't there Capricorn? Uh, Did we talk oh, about Oh, shit. We miss Capricorn. Yeah, we, we do this all the time oh. to the Capricorns. I'm sorry. <laughs> Again, just like, fuck them Capricorns. <laughs> oh my God, look, I didn't even, I didn't even write it down. I have <laughs> to, like, this is so bad. This is so bad. Oh my God. I am so sorry, Capricorns. I had like bad notes, but they were scribbly and I had Capricorn on it and then I rewrote it neat and literally left Capricorn out. <laughs> <laughs> that's so rude i left baby in the corner i'm sorry i'm glad you caught it sam and yeah. you know capricorn they're they're a cardinal earth signs so they're a fucking control freak that's the shadow of capricorn they're a control freak and they're always trying to manipulate the future and like so there's a clear outcome uh it's very hard for a capricorn to live in the present to be mindful and to not hyper fixate on like not on on kind of achieving tangible things so a lot of i especially like cap if you have a capricorn moon you probably want like you probably can only get validation in your life if you accomplish something in like the tangible realm like you have to have like a really prestigious job or fame or anything like that like you're so driven not just because you have the ambition like a leo or like an aries would but it's because you have that like it's like almost desperate need because otherwise you just feel so shit about yourself and uh and on top of that you try to control absolutely every aspect of your life 
and you fear taking risk, you fear getting into like relationships and stuff like that, because you're so you just you want to know the stuck outcome. in your own ways, essentially, right? Like it's it's a very like rigid kind of uh, yeah. approach to things. Yeah, it's just very hard, very hard for them to switch to anything new. Like a Taurus will be more resistant to change just because it's a slow process. It's just how they're built. Whereas the Capricorn will resist to change because they want to be like amazing at the thing right away. Like they want to be, they don't want to try something new because they want to be good at it already. And they know they're not going to be. So they'd rather not try it and like try to switch things up in some other way. Mm-hmm. And that's where they like can really, um, you know, sabotage themselves because you have that need for accomplishment, but then at the same time, you have the need to like be amazing. So, and you constantly have to be doing things so you can really like shut down. It's a lot to look at. So um, shout out to all the Capricorns, you know, sorry, you were forgotten and skipped. Um, (laughs) That probably gave you even more of a complex. Right. But you're in my heart, but I love a Capricorn. I'm just, uh, I have a friend who cannot stand Capricorns because they grew up with two Capricorn parents. Oh my God. <laughs> and have and have a Capricorn moon. So I'm sure they're gonna get a chuckle out of me skipping them in the list. They're gonna be like, ha ha. <laughs> so I choose like to the Capricorns. <laughs> Haters gonna hate, but very necessary sign. But also a uh, Capricorn is a very hard time opening up emotionally. And that's something that they have in common with us Aquarians who are next on the list. Aquarian shadow is just a very, very detached detached human being that is always feels like they're outside and looking in and that they are disconnected and beyond the human experience. And what I mean by that is you can have a really big ego and think that you're, you're beyond these silly, petty human things. Mm -hmm. Um, Or you could just feel like such an outsider that you over identify with being a contrarian over being who you actually are. You just focus on just one part of yourself that makes you the outsider without exploring other parts of yourself that are very human and messy and um, emotional, just like everybody else. So, you know, I I really can uh, identify with that. So for me, like being a very detached, overly cerebral Aquarius with like these two heavy cancer placements that are super moody and emo, like it's just always a fucking mess. It's just it's always that integration of both right? It's that integration of both. Um, and it is such a duality. So yeah, to any, sure. I can see how like right? the Aquarius side of you wants to reject the cancer side of you. Yeah. And I think a lot of my like internal shadow is accepting that cancer side of me that is more sensitive and emotional and like maternal and things like that. Right. Like you kind of, you're an air sign with a water moon as well. And so, you know, Gemini, but a Gemini will be less resistant to emotions because they're a mutable sign. They're less resistant to everything. Aquarius is so fucking like up in their ivory tower sometimes that you just, you just like, you look at things and you're like, but that's not me. And you're like, you don't, and it, it's not a judgmental sign in terms of like, you don't judge other people for the way they behave, but you feel like you're kind of above it for some fucking reason. Right. And you're not. So get into it by <laughs> retrogrades. <laughs> and last but not least is Pisces. And the shadow part of Pisces is tunnel vision, the inability to see, it's not really not see things from different perspectives. It's more like looking at things through rose covered glass, uh, rose colored glasses, 
being in La La Land, only seeing what you want to see, being gullible and like escapism fantasy um, and like escapist behaviors like substance use or overeating, sex, overworking, things like that. Just Pisces is the very last sign of the Zodiac there and their last mutable sign, the last mutable water sign. So they're just meant to just float away and transcend. Like at that point of the Zodiac, they're just like ready to woo fly off and go off into the next realm, but they're still tethered to this fucking earth. So when you look internally, you have to be like, okay, how do I get grounded? How do I con- reconnect myself back to what's actually happening? Yeah. Because, you know, there there can be a Pisces can have a lot of unhealthy coping mechanism. Um, I have a Pisces mom, so I can definitely attest to that. I have a Pisces mom with a lot of Gemini placements. So it's just like oh, fucking that's not a good time. chaos. Yeah. Chaos, right? Like just yeah. escape and, and chaos. So observing that and other people around me, I really like Pisces. They're very, very accommodating, very just like warm people but they can be very easily led and very easily swayed um and taken advantage of taken for granted and burnt out because they have so much like good spirituality that energy in them so protect your neck i dated a pisces who was like that who he was very accommodating um to the point that he got taken advantage of a lot and it was a conversation that we had regularly where i was like your friends are are just like abusing you. Basically. They're just like, you, you know, they ask you to jump and you say how high, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, you gotta, you need more boundaries. Like you can't just, you can't just like do whatever anybody else tells you. Like, what about you? What do you want to do? And instead of him, like figuring out what it was that he wanted to do, he just like went into a shell, right. He basically was like a turtle and he would like hide himself away. And like, sometimes he would just like watch TV for, you know, 10 hours a day and that sort of thing. And, and that was, you know, how he kind of coped with things when they got overwhelming. He's like, I'm just going to stop basically participating in, in life. And I'm just going to like hide away in a basement and watch TV for 10 hours. Yeah. They just to, to retreat because you're so burnt out and mm-hmm. Pisces is ruled by Neptune. Neptune is known as the great dissolver. Dissolves all boundaries, literally. So totally makes sense for Pisces to have none from the get go because they feel so connected in the flow of energies of other people. But it's like you got to connect to people because we're all on this planet, but we're still individuals. And this is where this is where it's going to be a different thing. And and like um, a Libra will accommodate because they're so good at mediating and seeing both sides that they can accommodate their partner because they're like well that makes sense that they feel like that because they can rationalize like that whereas a pisces it it comes from uh it's more like sensual like they just pick up they're so intuitive they have that water sign energy where they're so intuitive so it's not like they've thought it out like a like an air sign libra would where they're like it makes sense they just automatically you sit next to them and they're like I should adjust my body language to them. Like they'll just do everything to kind of form around you. Like my tattoo artist is a Pisces. um, And I have never met anybody with better bedside manner. It's such an incredible human being. So accommodating to the point where like, know where it hurts before I know where it hurts while they're tattooing me. So 
right? Like, and it's, it's such a gentle process because there's, they can pick up on that so much. They literally, I'm like, how did you know? Like whenever I'm like, Oh God, it's starting to get sore there. They're already on the next spot somewhere else where it hurts less. Or they're like spraying me with a bit of Bactine. Like it's so it's almost psychic. Like you really pick up that energy from a Pisces, but you could really see how that could be their downfall where they just take on and on and on and get run down. So um, I think like a shadow healing process for a Pisces would be to rise up, rise up. Yeah. yeah. Just stick up for yourself more and just face that yeah. in yourself. So yeah, sticking up for yourself. That's a good one for the Pisces. They need to yeah. do that more. Yeah. Self-advocacy. I think it's good advice for everybody, but like an Aries self for an Aries self-advocacy comes naturally, yeah. right? Because they're the first sign of the Zodiac, they start everything off. So for them, they're like me, 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 me. They're like a baby that's freshly born. They're like, I'm hungry. I shit myself. Like I need things. Whereas, (laughs) right. Like, and then you go all across the wheel to Pisces at that point. They're like, what am I? I'm just spirits. Like I'm ready to just ascend, but it's like, no, you have a whole lifetime. Motherfucker. You stay here. Just face yourself and face those parts of you that are way too watery you know, get some kind of container to put that water in. get yourself a vase. Cause you're just like a flowing river. Mm-hmm. So and that's my, um, shadow work astrology advice segment for the five fucking retrogrades we have to go through. And that's just until June. Like there may be more stay tuned for another episode. There may be even more retrogrades coming. Obviously there and are, I- we know it. There's no way that there aren't. Of course there's more retrogrades coming. There's always retrogrades coming. <laughs> I just don't, I just don't want to overwhelm you guys, but because yeah. it's going to be overwhelming regardless. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, yeah. I'm, uh, I mean, it, it like knowing that they're all underway, I'm like, ah, it makes sense because like shit has just felt weird recently for me at least. And, uh, so it, it's always comforting for me to like hear that also shit's weird with the stars. Cause then I'm like, okay, I like feel a little bit better about why this is happening. I mean, obviously it doesn't mean like ignore it and just blame it on the stars. Like you still have to address these things, but it does help make sense of them a little bit. For sure. Because this is something, you know, like you said, shadow work is something you have to go through privately by yourself. It doesn't mean you can't have like a therapist helping you along the way, but like, you know, I'm in, I'm in therapy every week and I, I'm still processing this stuff by myself. I kind of update her. And if I run into a roadblock, I'll, I'll, talk to her about it but it's not something that you can just do with a therapist like I was you know just kind of reading about it and there's so many people they're like try my three-step shadow work method I'm like no you fucking charlatan yeah like no there is it's it's supposed to be messy it's not supposed to be like a b c it's not a workout and diet plan you know it's not a get hot abs by the summer uh be mentally by the summer initiative this is just fall apart you know, go dark, like fucking maybe disappoint some people, disappoint yourself, face yourself, behave in ways that you might cringe at later, you know, just don't hurt other people, but like, or yourself, but like at the end of the day, you got to get down into the nitty gritty of it. All of us do, because when we face that part individually, we can face it all collectively and be better people. And that's like, I think one of the only fucking lingering hopes for our society. I know. I agree. Yeah. I definitely felt like the more I like reflected on myself and and the the shitty parts about me, the more it just made me compassionate towards other people too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Absolutely. The, the more empathy you have for yourself, the more empathy you have for other people, the more you work on yourself, the better we all become together. Um, and when you can't change the world, right, you can always fucking change yourself. Yeah. So and be a better citizen of the world. So that's what I'm slowly trying to do. Um, and I know that's what you're doing, Sam. Trying. And <laughs> yeah, trying. And if you're listening to this, you are too. That's some, there's, there's something that draws you in to listen to two mentally ill unemployed hairdressers talk about the stars and Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and we thank you for that. Yeah. Sam, any last advice uh, for the record? No, just get outside and wear sunscreen. Yes, wear sunscreen. Um, the sun is an evil ball of fire trying to steal your youth. However, you need to microdose it to not fully become depressed. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> See you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.